your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And just when I had a segment kind of ready to go, another Tyson Jost segment, literally minutes before I was set to hit record, he signed. And I was about to kind of talk about Again, what is going on with Tyson Jost? But it's kind of taken a turn, so we're going to get into that. We will get to the kind of the craziness that Nathan McKinnon has sent Avalanche fans into with a uh, simple Instagram post. And we will get to the Camel Car vote, which we didn't get to on Friday because of the crossover event with Gil from Lockup on Islanders. So we'll get to all of that. Uh, but first, follow the show on social media outlets, Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche, Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche. Definitely send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions that you may have about anything going on with the Avalanche, with the draft, with the offseason, free agent signings, trades. Send all that stuff to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. All right. So, yeah, uh, Kale McCarr, minutes ago signed his qualifying offer and it is a one year one way deal which means he will make this amount no matter if he's playing in the AHL or NHL and it's very possible he at points during the season upcoming season could play in the AHL so it's you know for him it's important that he got a one way deal 800 and it's just shy of 875,000 which is not much more than he made last year. So, man, does this beg a lot of questions. Reports were coming out that the Avalanche were close to a trade with Florida, and Tyson Jost included, for defenseman Mackenzie Weger. I don't know if that was a a one-for-one deal. Weger is a uh, RFA with arbitration rights. And when the Islanders deal came along, seems like they pulled out of the deal with the Panthers and went with two second rounds to uh, the uh, Islanders. Was Jost offered in that? I don't know. What was it? Was there two tables, uh, two deals on the table? The same thing. Was it Jost for Uyghur and Jost for Taves? And. Maybe Florida was saying okay to that, but the Islanders were saying, no, we don't want to do a one-for-one. We'd rather draft picks. I have no idea. I I, I don't know the ins and outs of that. I would guess if the Avalanche were giving up or wanting to part ways with Tyson Jost for Uyghur, I would assume they would offer that same deal to the Islanders, and then the Avalanche are the ones in the driver's seat with their selection. Who who do they want more? And I would have went with Taves. But I think in the end, the Avalanche really wanted Taves, and they were willing to part with two second rounders. And now they, you know, retain Jost, eight hundred seventy-five thousand. Uh, why this waited so long? 
I think you can you can conjure up any scenario in your head. Was Joe's held holding out for more money? Was it? Not, I want to say holding out, negotiating for more money, probably, because he he would you know what he got is pretty much the same as what he's been playing on. So he probably was trying to get a little bit more. I don't think he's going for like three million a year, but maybe pushing him over the million, somewhere in between one to two. I could see him maybe trying to get that. And the Avalanche pretty much weren't going to budge. So th- I think what it came down to was there was nothing else out there. Avalanche weren't getting any offers for him, which you really didn't expect them to. And because they offered him the the qualifying offer, they retained his rights. So it's not like he could just go out and go find another suitor. He doesn't have arbitration. It wasn't going in front of a judge. He really had nowhere to go. So it's either sign this or nothing. And so this is a one-year deal. It's going to be a, a massive year for him and where he goes. I, I, I don't if he if he does the same thing he did this last year, we've we're going to see Tyson Jost for the last time in an avalanche jersey this year. I don't think they're going to keep him around with everything that they have waiting to come up. And him performing the way that he's performed, I, I don't see any reason why they would keep. If it's there's a one year deal, um, if you do what you did, you know we'll we'll you know have a nice life. Put him in the expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. Who knows if they would take him? But uh, I think this is a a one year good faith put up or shut up. We've given you multiple opportunities. And here's one more. And, you know, we're not going to pay you an exorbitant amount of money to do it. You have to show us, and then maybe we'll revisit this in a year, depending on what you can do. I think they have still have some faith in him, but um, they were not going to overpay, and they were not going to, you know, give, give more money than he has deserved. And, and that's really what he deserves right now. It is what it is. And I, I, this also sets them up for arbitration with Devin Taves leaves them just shy of $6 million to play with. I think it's literally like 5.93, which is more than enough to sign Devin Taves. You would think Taves would be my guess in the three to four range. You're probably going to sign him like you've been signing most people a couple years, two to three years. And let's say it's on the high end four. I don't really see it going that high. You never know. And that that still leaves the Avalanche two million in you know cap space that they can do whatever they need to do with. So I think all in all, this uh, this offseason has been played masterfully by Joe Sakic, and you know he he's he's signed the guys that he needed to sign. <clears throat> he traded to bring in some a couple new players, some new blood to maybe inject into this team that you always need going you don't want to go with the exact same team year after year nobody really does that but the players that he got uh solid solid players so i like this move i if if they couldn't get rid of tyson jost why not sign him for a low number and see what he can do he's going to be playing on the fourth line if he has a good season on the fourth line is he capable of coming up to the third line if there's injuries yeah but i don't think they really want him to do that until he proves otherwise 
So it's kind of a one-year, one-way, show us what you got. And then we'll revisit this in another year and go from there. So tell me what you think. I mean, I know he's not, he's kind of the whipping boy when it comes to Avalanche fans. So it, it, would you have rather have seen the Avalanche completely move on from Tyson Jost? And would you have been happy getting next to nothing for him? Or are you happy with this minimum offer? And hopefully he has some sort of miraculous turnaround. Let me know. Lockdownavalanche at gmail.com. So, all right, we're going to take a quick little break here, and then we'll get to Nathan McKinnon throwing Avalanche fans in a tizzy. Before we do that, we're going to hear from Built Bar and BuiltBar.com. Been talking about Built Bar for quite a while now, and if you like the energy and nutrition protein bars, why not go with Built Bar? It is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. It's great for the health-conscious guy or girl. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. If you're on the keto diet, they are great for that as well. Most bars feature 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, some amazing flavors. Like I mentioned before, caramel, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, German chocolate cake, banana bread, mint brownie, the list goes on. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off of your next order. Once again, BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and 20% comes off of your first order. All right, so Nathan McKinnon doesn't do much on social media. He'll post things from time to time, but he's not more of the upfront people like you see some athletes are with Twitter and Instagram. But he put up a image, and if you haven't seen it, check my Twitter page. It's up on there, or just search anything with Colorado Avalanche. And a lot of people are talking about this because if you're like me, like you, you love just there's something about the hockey uniform, especially the the jersey, especially the hockey sweater. There's there's no better uniform in sports. So I I, I love that hockey really embraces that, and with you know the. The third jerseys that teams come out with, teams are always not really changing logos too much, but changing just like the design sometimes. I always, I love that stuff. So <clears throat> when a few months ago, it was kind of thrown out there that because this is the 25th season going into it for the Avalanche when they moved from Quebec, that they probably would incorporate some sort of Quebec Nordiques into this year's third jersey, you know, Avs fans went crazy right then and there because they've never done it at all. It's always been Avalanche, Avalanche, which is fine. That's 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 our team. So for them to kind of announce like, yeah, we I think we're going to incorporate it somehow. And then Nathan McKinnon posted an image on Instagram. <clears throat> it's not there anymore because it was on his Instagram, whatever they call that. That only stays up there for 24 hours. And it was a picture of gloves. And it said something to the effect of new colors. And they looked very much like Quebec Nordique colors. And instantly people started going crazy. I, I don't, I mean, I, I was too, because I love, like I said, I love seeing stuff like that. There was no jersey shown, anything. I'm sure that's going to be a big reveal. But then you had on the other end some people kind of being the Debbie Downers and saying, well, that looks exactly like the color 
blue that they wore in their stadium series jersey. And it does. There is a very good resemblance to those as well. But I am in the the group that thinks he knows exactly what these third jerseys look like. And I can't wait to see him. I really want to know how they incorporate the the Nordic. Even if these aren't the gloves, even if these were the gloves from the stadium series uh, game, we still know something is coming down the pike of Nordique's third jerseys in some capacity. I can't wait for that. I think that is going to be just a great moment. I wish they would do it more because I think a lot of fans want to see that. I, it's fine. That, you know, I get why they don't. But maybe this is the start of them incorporating some Nordique stuff a little bit more. But we won't know, you know, if, what this jersey looks like <clears throat> for a while. So I think we need to take this little bit of information, which I do think is the whatever Nordiques things are coming out with. I think this is it. I don't think Nathan McKinnon would post an image of gloves that he wore once in a game in February that everybody wants to really forget and say something about new colors. I don't I, to him I think he's moved on past this entire season. And he's not going to drum up, you know, uh, social media frenzy for gloves he's already worn. I don't think you'd put that caption with it. So, we'll see, but I I do think the those were the beginnings of the 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 whatever Nordiques jerseys we have coming. I, he, you know, I'm sure he got approval to do that. You know, he's Nathan McKinnon. I think the club knew the reaction that it got was going to happen. So they, you know, they let him do that to build up excitement about it. And that's exactly what happened. So stay tuned on those. And you will absolutely be talking about those when those come out because I can't wait for those to come out. So uh, stay tuned. Also, in hockey news, it's been going around, and I put this up on, on the Twitter page as well. It's been going around that the NHL is considering a realignment just for next season, just for one season, see if we can get through this coronavirus, and then there's going to be a little bit of a realignment anyway when Seattle comes into the fold. The Avalanche are pretty much staying put when that happens. But for this, this, is, this could be interesting. You know, with with everything going on in Canada, there might be a Canadian division. And some people had mentioned this because of coronavirus and because the border would be, you know, it's a pain in the butt to constantly go over the border. And the Golden Knights owner, Bill Foley, was on a radio show and the host asked him, you know, what he thought about, you know, the the not the, uh, you know, the, the knowing that he's going to go up against Nate Schmidt, who they had to get rid of to bring in Alex Petrangelo. So Nate Schmidt, they traded to Vancouver. So they asked him what they thought of, you know, you're going to have to play this guy. And he responded by saying, well, he's going to be playing in the Canadian division. So, you know, I guess he did also mention a couple other things later on in that interview saying about the border and, you know, people can't cross the border. So that pretty much set off this social media frenzy about, well, what are these divisions going to look like? Nothing has really even been discussed publicly other than that. And I don't even think Gary Bettman has come out and said, yes, that's an option we're looking at. But it completely makes sense. It will be 
chaotic for Canadian teams to constantly cross over into the United States and vice versa. And when you're the Avalanche and you have Canadian teams in your division, that's it's just going to be, I think, too much for an entire season. So how does this affect the Avalanche? Well, kind of in a big way. If you look at the, the image that I posted, you have your Canadian division. So that removes Vancouver and Winnipeg from the Avalanche division. So pretty much the, the only teams that the Avalanche would remain with are Minnesota and Dallas. And this is according to the image that I posted. I think there's other ones out there, uh, but I think this one makes the most sense. So the Avalanche would stay with Minnesota and Dallas, and they would be joining Anaheim, Arizona, Los Angeles, San Jose, and Vegas. So that would be their division. And... Let's see. So the and the other teams in their division that would be moving on, obviously Vancouver and Winnipeg would be in the Canadian division. Nashville and St. Louis would go to like an eastern division with excuse me, Nashville, St. Louis, and Chicago would go into a division with Detroit, Buffalo, Florida, Boston, and Tampa, which that's going to be a tough division. So we will see, but you know, I never really thought about it until I, I, I heard about this. And yeah, I think the the NHL is going to have to make some moves. It makes sense. And it's just not one of those things that I thought of. But yeah, I, I think if nothing else, you are going to get a Canadian division. And how does that, how does that work? I mean, you, you, you can, I guess you can cross over the border, but you'd have to get, a, you can't keep going back and forth. You know, I guess, would you come into the United States and you know that you're going to play nothing but United States teams for, for, for two weeks or something? I don't know. Like, you'd be that, – that's a long road trip. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to play out. So another one of those things that we will get information on this. Gary Bettman's been pretty good about telling us where the league is and where they stand and – I would think, you know, before the draft happened, or maybe it was in between the draft, those couple days in between the draft and free agency, might have been right before the draft, though, that where he said he hasn't sat down with the powers that be to really kind of flesh this thing out, and he was expecting to within the next few weeks, which would have been before the end of the month. We're halfway through the month, more than halfway through the month. So I would think by the end of the month, we'll get something. We'll get some news on what the NHL is expecting to do or trying to do to get next season started. And I think division realignment for one season is all but a certainty, what I would say. When you look at it, it makes sense. So another thing that we will have to wait and see, and we can't do anything about it. We'll just have to sit here and just, whenever we get hockey, we can watch some games. But I think it's going to be with different divisions. And finally, because we didn't get to it on Friday, Kale McCarr and his 2019-2020 season grade, which we all knew where this one is heading, two in a row, where we knew what the outcome was going to be. Nathan McKinnon, clearly with an A. I think he had 93% A. And Kale McCarr, not quite 93, but pretty damn close. And this time around, we had no jokesters giving out a uh, D or an F. So 
it was strictly A and B. B, 11%. A, 89%. I wonder if the Bs were a kind of in the same realm with Nathan McKinnon, you know, because they didn't win it or maybe even go where they kind of downgrade them a little bit because, you know, you, you can't, you can't give him anything less than A for the way that he played in the regular season and the postseason. So is it just, you know, as a whole because the team didn't make it, you maybe don't go with an A? I don't know. But nobody commented that gave a B as to why. Uh, we did have a couple comments, so let's get to those. We have, this is from Hockey 2 said that young man was great this season. Big on the scoreboard, reliable and aggressive in the D zone, and there was a physicality to his game that took other teams by surprise. I totally agree with that. You look at him, he's very like unassuming. He just he still has that like baby face and you don't think that he's really going to be that aggressive and he completely is. Uh he he's a big kid and he's only going to get bigger uh size-wise obviously, but he the way that he plays right now he doesn't back down from people. And I think, you know, th- that's not going to last probably any longer. I think, you know, because this is his first full year, I think uh, some teams maybe didn't really know what to expect from him uh, on the defensive end. And thinking, you know, he's kind of unassuming and, and maybe we can get physical with him and he'll back down. No, he, that's not going to happen. He His starting to stopping speed is right up there with Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon's a faster skater, but going from, you know, just standing still to a full-on stride is so quick and it and it's saved the Avalanche in many situations where a puck has maybe gotten behind him if they're on a power play, it maybe like like skips over his puck stick or and or his blade and he, you know, the defender might have the drop on him. He can turn around and match that speed in two strides. It's crazy. I, I think his defense is, is because he's so good offensively, I think his defense is right now severely underrated. So I think we're only going to see that improved upon next year. Uh, and, and it goes to show you, like, even, you know, in the Defensive Player of the Year awards, he was, what did I say, was seventh or ninth? He, he, was, he was top 10. I think he was seventh. That's crazy. Uh, Rebecca says, I was so impressed with how much responsibility he absorbed. He was the only D-man at the end of the game if we were down, including the playoffs. Uh, sure, he made a few mistakes, but it never rattled him, and I was not expecting him to be that strong. Everybody makes mistakes, and I think maybe they're amplified when someone of his caliber makes a mistake. Uh, but, <clears throat> yeah, I think... He did. He had a lot of responsibility on his shoulders for being so young and kind of leading that defense because a lot of a lot of the injuries that happened. So, yeah, that's uh, an excellent point. Ryan says, uh, man, there's always someone going against the grain and choosing B. No way you give a rookie of the year <clears throat> defenseman that was almost a point per game a B. So, Ryan, I get it. <clears throat> but there's going to be people that probably had not voted A for any of these players. So... They just, you got to live with, with those kind of people. And finally, Cameron said three words, Calder Trophy winner. Pretty much sums it up. Short and sweet, to the point, and 100% true. Uh, yeah, I think 
there was that <clears throat> battle between him and Quinn Hughes. And in my mind, I <clears throat> never really was ever thinking that he was not going to win the Calder. I thought it was his to lose, and he didn't do anything during the regular season to to lose that award. So it was very well-deserved. Stats, <clears throat> excuse me, 57 games played, 12 goals, 38 assists, 50 points, plus minus a 12, 12 penalty minutes, uh, eight even strength goals against four power play goals, so uh, 23 even strength assists against 15 power play assists in the playoffs, 15 games played, four goals, 11 assists, 15 points, a plus minus a 12, zero penalty minutes. So that makes two play because the, the his first year when he jumped right in, when they were in the playoffs, he played 10 games and had zero penalty minutes. So he played two seasons of playoff hockey and has not logged a penalty minute yet. And um, being on the defensive side of things and being an aggressive defensive player, that's impressive. So we got a good one with Cal McCarr. I think we all know that. Uh, I think he's going to be fun to watch for many, many years to come. And if you're worried that a deal's not going to get done for him, these are the type of players you get deals done for. And if, you know, Joe Sackick, if we have any faith in him, which we all should, uh, getting a deal done for him, if, if he can get a deal done for Sam Girard a year ahead of schedule, there's no reason to believe that Kale McCarr won't have his deal sometime next year. So easy A for me. This is as easy as, uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon getting an A. And uh, very, very well-deserved. A great, spectacular rookie season. He's fun to watch. He's fun to watch because he's an offensive defenseman. And watching him skate and how he's able to get shots through, I don't know. He just he has moves that just defenders don't know what he's doing with the puck. And for someone that young, it's impressive. So well done, Kale McCarr. Next up. I don't really want to next up technically is Nemetsnikov. He didn't really have a full se- I mean he didn't have a full season with the Avalanche. He got him at the trade deadline and then a handful of games in the postseason. So I don't really think it's fair to really give him a full grade. So we're gonna skip Nemetsnikov and go to Val Nachuskin. This should be a good one. So Val Nachuskin, his poll will go up on Twitter, L O P N underscore Avalanche. That will go up later today, and you can vote on that over on Twitter. And then we'll talk about his grade on Wednesday's show. So that will be it for today. Go check out the uh, national show, Locked On NHL. You should check that out anyway, but I'm on it. Today's, whenever it's dropped, it's dropping at some point today on Monday. Uh, Sarah from Locked On Kings hosts Monday's show, and she had me on and had a quick 10 minute segment just about the avalanche so probably everything that you've heard on this show but it's just kind of fun to get it out on like the national show and talk about the boys and gloat about the boys and everything that's joe Sakic has done this offseason so go check that out check it out every day definitely check it out on thursday when adam and i do the show and if we get any more news we'll be talking about it tomorrow so buckle in for another week of locked on avalanche Thanks for tuning in. See you guys tomorrow. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go.